Okay, so hi Valerie, uh, my name is Hayden Crawford, as you know, and um, I have a, a YouTube channel called Dreamtime Academy, um, and it kind of looks at and explores um, lots of different mystical kind of subjects, including uh, people um, and their star, their starry origins, and what people are actually here for on the planet at this time. Um, you know, with respect to the ascension, um, I run um, a, a show as well every month called Wellness and Cut with a lady called Shani Faye Chambers, and we are interested really this uh, month about looking at cosmic consciousness and what that actually means for different people. So. I am delighted to have you on the show uh, this week because you offer some really interesting information that dates back many, many years and has been channeled through you in, in numerous different sources. So I guess first and foremost, Val, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about like, who you think you are now and why you're doing the work that you're doing. And you know, if you can elaborate a little bit more about who Andromeda Val is and how you get the information through Sai Baba, that would be really beneficial. Yeah, well, that's a lot, Hayden, all in one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working at it for uh, 37 years now, and so I'm 87. But um, I, uh, it all started actually as a calling. I was uh, awakened uh, one night and I had this voice asking me to stand up. So uh, I stood up and I didn't know what it was about, but I wasn't worried at all because the voice was dignified. It was male. And um, I think part of me just absolutely trusted it. Uh, I didn't really know what was going on. Anyway, it said I could get back to bed. <laughs> I got back into bed and then it said, and I settled down wondering what was going on. And then it said again, stand up. So I stood up right again. I got out of bed, stood up, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, uh, what is going on? Because then it said I could get back into bed. In other words, it was a calling for the three times. This three times thing seems to be important when it's coming from other worlds. And um, it's like it's, a, it's, it's almost like an edict that something that you have agreed to do, I've come to understand. And so they said for the third time, stand up, and said... Um, I'd like you to hold, to keep a pad and a pencil beside your bed and from time to time you will be awakened to um, and given messages, right? So this is a long time ago and uh, that's exactly how it happened. I, through family problems, I, I uh, missed out on schooling. I had to leave quite early, although I always wanted to go to university, but uh, I left at 14. And so uh, I didn't feel as if I was very well educated. And yet from now until, from then rather until now, I've been asked to write books, which I never thought for one minute I'd be able to do. But they seem to, um, they're guided. I have this inner voice, this, and clear audience. And uh, I was gifted with that. And the whole thing happened after I had a near-death experience. And I think you find, Hayden, that a lot of people will say often, um, after such an experience that they, their life changes completely and I'm one of them and so is my husband actually so do so, you want me to keep on <laughs> well this near-death experience I'm quite interested to find out a little bit more about that what happened and and did you experience like um, um, a soul transfer yes I did yes uh, I didn't understand straight away but I knew I was very different and my life had to change. And then seven years later, I met my husband, who I was meant to, at another layer of consciousness in the world of stars, we had agreed to work together here on Earth. He was to help me, to assist me. So um, that's what happened. Um, uh, he's what I would call a soul uh, soulmate, someone that's had many lives and together and shared. And so we've written a book about that. And um, he has an interesting background. He's English Hayden. <laughs> and um, uh, yes, there is a book. It's called Star Lady. And um, there's quite a bit written from that um, about our lives together, which helped us to lead, to open up and to connect to 
<clears throat> excuse me, our, um, our race consciousness and the bigger picture that exists with everyone actually. It's just sitting there waiting for us or waiting for everybody to actually open up and realize that as an earth body where we have a beginning, a middle and an end, but our, our light body is eternal and it is um, guided by our soul consciousness, which is linked also with our oversoul or our God self, if you like. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a bit more complicated, but... Well, it's interesting because I can simplify that for a few people actually, because in the color mirror system, we've actually got two bottles that demonstrate what the light body is. So um, just for people that don't fully understand it, that, that is the base chakra colors. So it's red um, yeah. with coral. And then when we've cleared our survival issues, it goes clear so that we, this is called the light body. Yes. So the light body is when we've cleared all of the fear and all of our survival, safety, security, what it is to be human, you know, all of that sort of dense physical energy that keeps us stuck in the third dimension. We, we actually become a, a light body, which is, you know, what you, I guess you're talking about. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, um, you realize too that um, you come to know and understand, and I'm not the only one, there's many, many people around the world that have got this raised consciousness. And they don't talk about it because officially, or in the Western world anyway, stuff people don't exist. But we know very well that they do. <laughs> and they're very real. And in fact, we're all star people. We've come from somewhere else. We've come into a body. We've been blessed with a soul, which is a bit like a microchip. And there's agreement about the sort of life that we're here and meant to do and meant to, uh, what can I say, hold the energy from the source of all creation because it is changing and it um, needs to be earthed onto our planet. And then um, from that, we don't have to do much at all as long as we just consciously clear, keep our um, light body clear and earth body clear and uh, it just spreads by itself. So they don't really do anything except hold that energy and keep our energetic field clear. That's important. And I think your covers help that, definitely. They do. I think they, they certainly help to people to integrate that information in, in, yeah. a, in a very simple language, the language of light, um, yeah. because it doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, I know that for you, um, you know, you, you, what, what, you're, what you do is, is actually um, very simple. You just, you're, you're almost like a channel for information which comes through Sai Baba, doesn't it? So can you explain a little bit more about how you connect up with Andromeda Val? Because this is where I think our, our paths have, have crossed because quite a few months ago, oh, it was actually a couple of years ago now, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was told um, that I was from Andromeda. And I think I remember telling you before that I didn't even realize what that meant. I thought it was something to do with Star Wars. And so I Googled <laughs> it the next day. And then I, when I started looking at the traits of the Andromedan souls, yes. I, I had every single one of them. And that they're actually here to, to raise the, um, the vibration into more love and compassion and help people to love and accept themselves because it all starts from that place. Yeah. So when I found out that you were channeling Andromeda Val, um, through Saibaba, it, 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 it rang a few bells for me. And I was just like, okay, so the, you know, the Andromedan starseeds fundamentally are here to do what, Val? Yes. And interesting, uh, it's the Galaxy M31. And um, our, our uh, highway going from Sydney to Melbourne is called M31. <laughs> and we're just off the, off the edge of there. When I, you know, I, like, I work with signs and numbers particularly. Um, give wonderful signs and it's sort of like little messages dropped by the star people to say yes you're on the right way wrong right path that sort of stuff so um, as I said I've got a lot of stories I could talk forever really but um, the end the um, being introduced to me was a reminder really there's another aspect of me and others that come from the oversoul which is all-knowing and we've all got this information. It's just a matter of going, raising in consciousness to different layers of consciousness. And each layer of consciousness is another world. And then there's another world, then another world, that world. And so we can really open up and it gives us a sense of freedom because we somehow 
we don't realize it while it's happening, but I think if you look back, you realize that there's much more to us. They talk about us being multi, what do they say, multi dimensional. Dimensional. <laughs> that sounds a bit complicated to me, but we have come with other influences to us, to us in our happening. And our consciousness is not just our brain. That stores information for us that we need to hold on to so that we know what we're doing and where we've filed this or that. But ideas and thoughts come from another consciousness that's within us, which is our soul consciousness. And that's our passport to come here onto this planet. Everybody has a soul. Every human being has a soul. And so <clears throat> we can actually tap into that. And it's not that difficult. It's a matter of intent and um, these colors that you have are energy, vibration and frequency. All that helps to open the door, which is in the heart because it's the consciousness that comes straight into from the soul, straight into the heart. It bypasses the brain. So when you work, you actually ask the brain to just close its door, you know, like a computer, <laughs> close the lid, just lay quietly, go to sleep and then connect to our soul consciousness. And that'll give you everything that you need to know and understand at any time. When you really um, get a bit lost sometimes, it's a difficult place to live here on this planet. You asked about Andromeda, and they tell us that they actually created this planet in the first place. And this is now they're coming to here to tell us because we're ready to receive information from them uh, because everyone on this earth is raising in consciousness. There's been new energy starting to be released for quite a while now. It was a time that we dropped from a one layer of consciousness into a very low consciousness. When I say that, a low, what was when people referred to as the fall of Atlantis. And that was a very big drop in uh, the consciousness that existed upon this planet. Do you want to ask me something about that? Well, I, I do, because um, it's interesting because the, the, the whole Kalimera system is based around Atlantean wisdom. So we've got a whale bottle and we've got the dolphins and we've also got a bottle uh, like this one here, which is called Return from Atlantis, which is copper over turquoise, which, you know, this is where, you know, all of that beautiful Neptunian Poseidon wisdom yeah. is kind of kept underneath the, the copper earth, you know, because obviously when Atlantis fell, it was because we were um, tampering or we, we started um, abusing our power. And, um, and of course, um, you know, things had, to, things had to change. And it was, that, it was that moment when the vibration lowered, wasn't it, from, from 5D, because I think they were living for millions of years in a very high dimensional state, but it, and it kind of fell. So the fall of Atlantis really talks about the, the lowering of the frequency because of the abuse of power that was taking place. Yes. That's right, that's isn't it? Yes, that's exactly right. However, there's, there's an, well, a lot of things were lost and buried because it was such an, what can I say, such a huge change that took about on the planet. There were volcanoes going off and earthquakes and things, the seas coming in where they've never come before and the earth rising where they've never come before out of water. And so there was everything all mixed up. And there is quite a few people that have been given the information and they've written about it, recorded it. And um, uh, there's quite a number of references uh, in my future book. Well, I'm republishing it, the Alteringa book. I'm going to be uh, mentioning a few of those. But there's others been writing about it as well. Um, over the hundreds of years, we've been gradually raising in the frequency and consciousness vibrations. It's all linked. It's energy. But when it fell, it was all mixed up. And so it's very hard for scientists to agree because some things are measured and given a time and it doesn't really match with what something that's happened because it really wasn't, didn't belong there in the first place. It got thrown up or down or, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's very hard to even think about time and give it a date. There's a lot of disagreement amongst uh, scientists anyway, but there's a knowing that something happened, that there's a big, big change that took place. And it would have been around 12,800 years ago, which isn't very long in evolutionary times of Earth. 
Anyhow, that's where we've, we fell to and now we're gradually raising. But it's giving opportunity also to some of the um, forms of life that have been created uh, by, without permission from the source. And uh, so they were victims in a way. And they were more cold-blooded because they came from this corner of our Milky Way, which is quite dark, cold. And um, when I say that, it's not a judgment. It's just that they didn't understand about what it felt like to feel, right? They didn't know what it felt like to hurt if you cut yourself. You know, at least it'll run along, lose its tail, and it keeps running. That sort of thing, right? So there's a lot of inf information that can be read about um, in our book, uh, The Alteringa, when the first ancestors were created. That's a good start. But I, there, there, there are others that have written very similar things, and I don't think they contradict. No, they don't. And I, I've actually, um, I'm about three quarters of the way through um, Alteringa, and I just found that whole story amazing. Um, and, you know, for, for people who don't know, the, the book details um, kind of like an arrival of, of 50,000 souls on um, yes. a, a huge, great, big, um, multi-dimensional spaceship, almost like a Merkaba star filled with all of these, exactly. the Galactic yes. Federation of Light. And yes. um, it was betrayed. So it came to, to, to bring light to the planet in a dark yes. corner of the Milky Way, but, but then was kind of... Um, was destroyed on entry to you know our our sort of gravitational fields of the yes. planet, and only ninety uh, of those souls ended up surviving. And from that, they were genetically manipulated with the beings that existed here, and um, created a, a new race upon That's the planet. Well, it created what they call the light man, the hue man. Hue is light, color, right? Yeah. What you've got all behind you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and before that, they were like an animal man or ape-like creature. Uh, and there's a lot of information that I've had feedback and people say it fills in many of the missing pieces in their understanding of who we really are. So it will be, I mean, if anybody wants, I can still send them the e-book. Um, I will have the published book out. I don't know how long it will take, maybe six months or something, but it will come out again. Um, and the Aboriginal people know that they were the first humans. Now, there's a difference. I mean, there was, there's been arguments about evolvement and creation. You know, are we creative beings and, or are we evolving beings? And it's both right. Nearly always when there's disagreement, you find it's both right. You just need to understand it. That's all. <laughs> and so, yes, there were this, these human, like humanoids, if you like, the same as what we're looking, looking now. A bit more hairy. Uh, not as much brain. And this is where the evolvement took place, when they become human, with the introduction of uh, genes for the first time from the star people. And, uh, of course, it's gone on and there's been upgrades, shall we say. Uh, we're a real hybrid, really, of all sorts of genes and information. But that makes us special. And it, from the, what can I say, the hierarchy from the, um, from the galaxy um, Andromeda, they're overseeing everything because they created this planet in the first place to be a part of... Um, light in this corner, this dark corner of the galaxy. So I think, I don't think I've lost it really, but I'm going on a bit. Do you want to ask me something? No, I'm just interested to also, you know, the name Alcharinga um, is something also that, that resonated with me in particular because um, it, it, it means dream time as well. Yeah. And um, you named your house Alcharinga, the, the farm that you live in over east. And um, from that name, you've attracted all sorts of different people who were also have soul memories on board of the um, Rex, Rexagena. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. And we also attracted at the time because it was time to write that story. And I had a professional man come to help me as well. And I've only just realised now too, Alteringa was definitely there popping thoughts into our minds, you know, all the time. But he was there overseeing it all the time. So it's quite wonderful because how real he is. Did, can I show you what he did just recently? Yeah. Yes. 
Can you see that? Yeah, so it's like the male version of you. Well, it's not me as I am now because I'm just an aspect. This We are all aspects of our soul and our oversoul, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because in our earth body, we have a beginning, a middle and an end. So we're born into, we live a life and then we have an end. We come to an end. But as a soul being and coming from um, soul consciousness and oversoul, we are a light being. And we are eternal, right? So, yes, he's part of my eternal self, but I wouldn't say he's my part now. <laughs> but he played, <laughs> a joke. he played a joke. And he's been here helping all the time. The Aboriginal people, mind you, there's 800 nations now. And so, you know, they've, they've um, what can I say, they've never really lost their oneness, but they do have a little variations of things, as you can imagine, because that story we're talking about, uh, coming with that mothership, coming from uh, the Pallades, um, was said to be around 900,000 years ago. So that was, you know, but there's been evidence also of humanoid bones that existed even before that. So, you know, they've got all these different names, but they're really the same, just evolving all the time. But exactly. It's sort of that... It dates right back and, and you know, we, we look at the Anunnaki, for example, and their, their reason when um, Nibiru um, came into our orbit and they wanted to harvest the gold. Of course, you know, that shines another part of the story of the Earth's evolution into it. So, you know, we are kind of fragmented, um, you know, multi-aspect um, yeah. beings of light. We're ancient, immortal beings of light living yeah. out temporary human experiences. But we are... We're part of everything, and I think this is where, with a lot of the, the people that subscribe to my Dreamtime Academy YouTube channel, they ask questions like, um, or, or they, they start to wake up to their origins of maybe being Andromedan, um, or Palladian, or Lyran, or Syrian, or Antarian, or Blue Avian, or whatever. But I think the most important part of the, the puzzle, really, is to recognize that they're all of that, and so much more. That's exactly um, right. In an actual fact, and it's being um, talked about and even by scientists more, is consciousness. And so the consciousness is the secret. We are consciousness, first and foremost. And we can actually, um, what can I say, manifest into different races or we can just be a consciousness. I had some people when I was working with them in the days when the Alcharinka story was being written and they remember just being our consciousness on the mothership, helping it to, to find its way from there to here, to this corner of the galaxy. Now, it's quite extraordinary, really, but um, I think people can relate to consciousness and that's why we talk about cosmic consciousness. That's what we're talking about, actually, to connecting to our oversoul, which is you could say God consciousness. Some people feel funny about the word God, so we can call it creator consciousness. But it's actually, uh, and actually I found it's a family. <laughs> it's more than just one of us. It's more. There's a group. So it's a family. So I was never happy about saying I was this in a past life or I was that in a past life, but I've experienced many, many past lives. But what it is is that you are, you're sharing the memory of this family of consciousness that you are as a soul, over soul, or God's soul. That's right. So it's divine. It all comes back to you being divine, divine, divine light. Um, That's right. yes. and, and experiencing and then taking that back to, yeah. um, to, to the information source for, for the expansion of the universe because it is expanding. Exactly. Now, I've got some other questions that I wanted to go through with you as well. You touched upon the tool the two soulmates and um, Ultraringa and the Star Lady in the Book of Love. Now, the, the books that, you, that you've put together, the Star Lady, is going to be a culmination, isn't it, of all of the books that you've, that you've yes. written for? Yes, it's, um, they asked me upstairs, if you don't mind me saying upstairs, meaning the hierarchy. <laughs> they say I work with the highest order, but that's, that's the highest order that can be um, understood at this layer of consciousness here on Earth. That, that's what they mean. So um, I'm coming from that place 
And uh, it's quite an honor, actually, because um, Sababa is here with me with this ring. When he said, when you look in there, I will be there. And now he's also sharing the energy, which is a raised consciousness. Now I've gone off from what you were talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. It's just, it's yeah. just, um, it's okay um, for that to happen, Val. You know, um, the ring, I think, is impo an important aspect because that was, that was a, a manifestation ring that materialized specifically to help you with your channelings, wasn't it? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. And I'm called a galactic channeler, and that's because it's not limited to just past lives or here, what happens here on this planet. It happens in a more general cosmos, cosmic, cosmic way. And um, Sri Sachasabhava, um, within a body, he said, I am God, and I come as a man to take man back to God, right? So, <laughs> so get past all the hang-ups you might have about the word God and being misused in the name of God. You know, those, those people, a lot of people have got past life memories that happened to them. I was one of them, actually. I was burnt at the stake in the name of God, which has got nothing to do with God at all. But um, <laughs> anyway, it's all... Um, we need to understand all that. It, makes, it helps us to become stronger and recognise who we really are and not to be overconfident, but confident about um, who we are and we can share. Because they have said from upstairs that th there's so much information. They can only give so much information to one person. They can't give all the information to one person, it's just too much. So we share it and that's what happens. So for instance, that conference, there were so many people, there was one person about one aspect, another of another, but they all sort of interwove like a tapestry and it was quite, quite wonderful. That's right. And you're talking about cosmic consciousness, of course, which mm -hmm. is an amazing event that happens in Uluru, which is, as you call it, the, the heart chakra of Australia, although others would say it's the solar plexus, but obviously... The, yes. the, the evolution of the solar plexus at this moment in time is the, the opening of well, the Well, yes, you could knit the two together. Exactly. <laughs> you knit, it's that gut. Men have a gut feeling about something. Women have a heart feeling about something. But they both interlink because, as this will show, really, as light beings, we're both male and female. And um, Saibaba has played joke on my husband, actually, uh, but that's another story again that's in the book <laughs> but um but yeah so the cosmic consciousness conference is going to be held in december the 21st 22nd or the 20 21st and 22nd 2020 yes, isn't it yes. and that's the what you're talking about where lots of different um uh ch channelers um evolved um yeah um, i don't know if they're they're all presenting as channelers. There are some that, um, that are walk-ins. We say an exchange of souls, like you say. You're a very, very different person after that. Uh, but you've come with a reason and a role to play. And I just jumped back to Andromeda. They have told us that there's um, 144,000 that have come here onto Earth as volunteers. And we've been told that we are some of them. We, like John and I are, but it's not just us. There's others as well. Well, they're otherwise known as the eagles as well, and they have to awaken. And once the 144,000 that are here to, to help with this have awoken, it, that is going to change. It's going to be almost like a tipping point, I think. It is. Yes, yes, yes. It's interesting you say the eagle. That's one of my sons. <laughs> um, I had a life with American um, Aboriginal, sorry, American Red Indian, and my name was Eagle Eye, and my father was White Eagle, <laughs> and now I'm doing the same job again, same work again. Uh, That's that, right. Yeah. So it's it's awesome to think that there are so many, so many of that one four four. And the interesting thing is actually today, my um, the amount of subscribers I've got on my YouTube channel is one four four. There you go. <laughs> so it's yeah. 1,440. And it's, it's been commented on by a few people. And it was just another, I, um, it's almost like another sink, another something that's serendipitous because yeah. it is quite an important thing. It's related also to the 144 crystalline grid, isn't it? Which surrounds yeah. the planet um, where we can kind of channel divine light into sacred portals around the planet, which would help to raise the vibration 
Absolutely. Um, That's why they're here. This is the big change. This is really happening. Why we seem to be running out of time because everything's moving just what seems to be faster. But in actual fact, once you become, shall we say, a being existing in that frequency, it's not fast anymore. It's relaxed, it's quiet, it's calm, it's peaceful, and it's beautiful, like it is in Andromeda. <laughs> Whereas a lot of um, white birds there, where we come from anyway, white birds and white animals that um, are all friendly. You know, the cats, the big cats, they're white and they're all friendly. Well, I love what you say about and Andromeda as well, where you say that, you know, it's, um, it's um, part of the angelic realm, but it's angles. And what is angles? It's numbers. Yeah, angles. Um, Yes, that's right, yes. Well, that's part of sacred geometry, of course. And the basics for sacred geometry is, am I telling you something you already know? Is numbers. It's the triangle, the circle, and the square. Yeah. And the dot. Right. And if you look at anything with your eyes, you can see there's a little bit of the circle, a little bit of the angle. You look at your eye, you look at the leaves on the trees, everything has part of the, that symmetry. Does that make sense? And of course, it goes on to be much more evolved. And of course, the astronomers use numbers to describe everything. And that's way past me. I, I don't know. I'm lost after that. Well, but, it also brings in things like the Fibonacci sequence, doesn't it? Which is the, which is the spiral that's found within the galaxies yeah, and yeah, you know, in right. the fossils and everything. So it is almost like you know, a computer program, um, you know, or it can be likened to a computer program because when you you know it's almost like when you go very close up to a pixel it distorts and the same thing happens when you when you go that close to an atom as well yeah. so it's um you know it's it's it's, a, it's almost like ai could have possibly happened in our future um and that we're already there yeah. <laughs> yes are you talking about artificial intelligence yeah that worries me <laughs> I want to be uh, in control of myself. I don't want to be. I don't want to be artificial. <laughs> I think people. It can be used and it's beneficial at times. But I think we always need to remain to know and understand we come from the Creator, and that is a source of love, compassion, and um, what else can I say? It's love and compassion. And uh, I know, and forgiveness, yes. And forgiveness, yeah, because yeah. forgiveness is one of the keys, isn't it? Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you as well is, um, okay, you mentioned that, that, you know, there are reptilian races still living in the middle of the earth. And if so, um, what is to happen to the humans and the planet? Well, when, I, when we said we're, we, um, what did I say? We were hybrids, right? If you go back into our genetic history, and this is why there's disagreement about our beginning. We, and the Aboriginal people, the Australian Aboriginal people know they are the first humans. But their genes go back further than that because we've all come from much more involved uh, beings. Um, and there's all understanding about it all. So you say reptilians, we've, uh, the medical worlds will say that the base of our spine is reptilian and then it's then it's mammalian right then it's human and they talk about um what do they call it uh confused they don't even know what some of the genes are for but that's from the star worlds because they haven't got anything to measure it against yet but they will they have will they, they, we're getting to a place now that the star people in fact, this one, this race that we've come from, from the Andromeda, the Giordanus race, it has been created so that it's very human-like, so that they can communicate with humans. They still communicate telepathically, but they look similar. And they borrow people to you borrow their voice box to be able to communicate. And they just, you know, it's obviously an agreement, which it has been for me and many people. So you're talking about reptilians, they're feeling people. The more they live life here amongst other people that are feeling, they, they are able to absorb that and understand it and learn about it, deal with it, all that type of thing. This is why there's a message never to judge anyone, never to judge anyone, because they're all trying. Some, some make the promise. When we all come, we make a promise to help each other. Some forget about that, unfortunately. 
and they need help. But doesn't mean to say they can't live by they they must live by the laws of the land. They can't just go killing someone and we'll say, oh, that's all right because they're cold blooded. That's not good enough. <laughs> we still have to live the laws of the land. And also, you know, you talk about, um, you know, sort of how does ancient Lemuria fit with the information of Atlan and the Venusian volunteering uh, volunteers to live on the planet um, before the fall in, um, from the fifth to the fourth dimension. And um, when we then lost easy contact with the star people. So, you know, how does how does how does that fit with the information from Atlan? How does the you know, how does ancient Lemuria fit with that? Well, they all existed. They're all in time. Uh, have you actually read the bit? I have a, I have an article on my website, actually. It was asked, I was asked to write it by upstairs just before I actually went to Uluru. And it was like a brief overview of the, um, of our, um, can I say, our evolution, main evolution part, which really ties in with a lot of understanding about the main um, involvement of us as humans. So I don't know if you read that. But I haven't read that yet. No, that one, that's a good one to read actually. And it is on my website. Um, uh, basically, and I was surprised about this, um, Andromeda Val gave us information that um, 300,000 years ago, more volunteers came from Venus. Now, we look at Venus and think, you know, people can't live there. <laughs> but again, it's with layers upon layers upon layers. And sort of when we go out of, like, for instance, if we look at the world through a microscope and we see all these bugs, right, we could see them, but and nothing else exists in that world, then we can step out of that and get into another world. Well, it's a bit the same with Venus. We, it, what we can see with our human eye is not what exists in other worlds at that place, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. Well, Venus actually sent a whole lot of people. This was when our Earth was in the, shall we say, the fourth layer of consciousness. We're in the third, climbing out of it. So that was when it was in the fourth. And from um, the Pleiades and from Andromeda, it was from the fifth. So it's fallen to a degree. Now it's climbing back up. And... Um, so I think I've lost what um, we were saying then. Um, we're just talking about, um, about Venus. 300,000 people ha have come. Sorry, that's not right. People have come as volunteers 300,000 years ago. They started coming and they were, it was all an agreement and they were meant to hold the light and help the, um, the involvement of every life form here on this planet. It was all part of an agreement. But there's actually been records of saying how some of them mated with the humans, right? Even though they weren't supposed to. And the only reason they weren't supposed to is because they were of um, evolved consciousness. And if they mated with the lower cold-blooded beings, that would pull them down instead of being there to bring lifted up. That was a bit like it is, you know. So this talk about the... Um, Adam and Eve and the apple and uh, so blame the women, why not, you know, so <laughs> get out of that one. <laughs> and um, so it actually uh, did help to lower the, for some, lower the um, cosmic consciousness within them. So um, it actually was the, the, I was told it was actually the uh, beginning also, uh, forgetting about when they mated, uh, but when they first came, they were actually the um, cosmic origins of the Jewish race and the other races like them, very gifted people, you know, very clever and uh, often the scientists, that, that, that sort of thing. So there's been a lot of involvement on this planet and um, we need to look at that, not judge it, but understand it so that we know and understand why there's all these differences. Yeah. But we've all come with one thing in mind, and that's to help each other, right? And we that's, can change. That's right. No, that's really good. And of course, that's what the foundations are for the, the new golden age of Aquarius that we're yes. moving into. Absolutely, yes. And, and so that's, that's wonderful. So, you know, the, it, I, I guess that, you know, the, when you look at this, when we summarise this conversation, what we can see really is that the fact that there is no accident, everything is perfect, 
everything is kind of evolving as it should you know from the fall of atlantis to the reptilians living in the inner earth to the lemurian awareness in in the center of the earth to the venusians and and everything that went on there with um Alcharinga and the anunnaki everything is perfect there is no there is no nothing is out of out of cosmic order um, and the more we can learn to accept that offer forgiveness to our past present and future selves the easier it's going to be for us to be able to fall in alignment with our divine soul contracts and yeah. um, and finding a peace um, for for everyone. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, you know, that what you're saying. And I guess that the, the the last thing I'd kind of like to just cover off before you go, Val, is I I don't know how easy it is for you to be able to um, to to get in contact with Andromeda Val, but. Is, is that something that you, you could maybe see if she has some sort of message for, for the people who are watching this? Well, um, I see what you're saying. Um, she actually introduced herself and appeared beside my bed, right? So she awakened me about three o'clock in the morning, I suppose it was, and uh, she was in a hologram of light and she looked very human and about seven foot tall. I mean, that was a bit of a shock. <laughs> it was this woman, huge woman sitting, standing beside my bed. But uh, she was very excited and happy. I won't say excited, not quite right, but happy, really joyful, right? To make the connection because we are related. And that's another story again, but they have written about it in the Star Lady book. That's upgraded quite a bit of the information I've already been given over the years. And that's another thing too, that all the dots seem to have come together and that's why they wanted me to write it so that I, I, it's my tome. So I was 87 years old. I don't know how much longer I've got, but I'm here for a while, I think. But um, <clears throat> um, they wanted me to have it like a record, I think. I find a lot of the past lives I've had has more come out after the life if you understand what I'm saying. So, um, but it's still around upstairs, over the wheels. It's easier for the world upstairs to contact us and know what's going on than it is for us to understand and receive and connect to them. But that's happening more and more. So you're asking me if Andromeda Val is, um, she's got a message. Do you know, I'd like to challenge people to actually, um, connect to their heart, their intuition, because that's the work I do. And that is to help people, to everybody, get their own message, right, in, in all the time, because they can. And they don't have to be um, clear audience or clear audience or buoyant. Uh, it's a feeling and a knowing. That's the most important thing, right? So... Andromeda Val, it's a bit of a setup actually because I'm, I'm apparently I've got my own radio station to Andromeda and I haven't actually talked to them about perhaps channeling. You know, mostly I can call on Cosmic Sobaba, no problem. But with Andromeda, like there's, there's platforms. Does that make sense? Yeah. Platforms to other galaxies. And I have my own <laughs> radio station, they tell me. And so I don't know how that exists, but you know, they're, technically they're far more advanced than we are. And um, they, um, so I, I connect with her. I will be with connecting with her. It'll be on my website after it goes on uh, YouTube. Um, wait a minute, the first Tuesday of the month. And I have been wondering if I could do it a bit more often because the, you know, stirring up and there seems to be more need for talk and conversation. Um, I know I should send a love, um, absolutely, because all the people from Andromeda only want to help. And as Cosmic Saibaba says, just call on me or any of the angels or anyone that you know that comes from the source of creation, call on them because they can't step in and take over. That's breaking a universal law. You know, there's no judgment here. It's just that we've been given free will and we need to ask and make it known that we are, um, we welcome advice and also welcome their presence. Yeah, so if people want to, to see some of the channelings that you do uh, when, you, when you tap into the radio station to 
Andromeda Val, then they can just go onto your YouTube channel um, yeah. and, uh, and, and look for Andromeda Val and you can see some of those. I've watched uh, most of them actually and they're brilliant. And, um, and also, you know, they can jump onto your website as well, which is www.valeriebarrow.com, isn't it? That's right, yes. Yeah, yes. so I'll put, I'll put the details of your website underneath with some, some graphics so people can know where they can see Thank more you. information from you and, um, and follow you as you move forward, Val. And, and certainly, you know, um, you know, they could get to see you if they attend the Cosmic Consciousness event this year at Aluru as well. Uh, yes, yes. Well, we always hope, I mean, we did hope that she was going to turn up on stage because we asked. And they said they were considering it, and it came very close to happening, apparently, but misunderstandings, it didn't come off. But you never know, we might get it right this time. <laughs> I can't promise. But it would be quite wonderful. Um, it would be. It would be really a big thing, I think. Very, very strong, powerful energy at Uluru. And you can't help but be lifted in consciousness if you go there. You don't have to try or do anything. You just are. You know, it's just quite wonderful. Yeah, because you've got your own theories about what um, Uluru is, the actual stone. It's a, you believe it's a meteor, don't you, that's come... That's no, an asteroid. An asteroid, uh, sorry. Yeah, this, he, gave, he gave me this photo and I put it up there on stage and I don't think some of the people realised just, you know, I mean, it's coming from another world. I didn't do it. They just put it on my computer and um, he's looking like an Aboriginal man. And he says that on his um, on message when he was talking. And, um, but he was also who was actually the commander in chief of the Rexagena when they came all that time, long time ago. You know? But getting back, you ask about uh, Uluru. Yes, it's an asteroid and the old fellas knew that. The, I'm talking about the Aboriginal clever fellas. They all knew it. I don't know if they talk about it much now, probably because they get laughed at, because astrologers, this, um, not astrologers, what would it be, the paleontologists or whatever, they, they just don't accept it. But when you think about it, they're saying it is. It came on a fiery ball into the Aramanga Sea that existed 65 million years ago. And so it's buried, four-fifths of it's buried in mud underneath and that's what the Aboriginal people say and um, they'd have in the past that is and um, when you think about it it would have made a huge huge impact crater right so that was when uh, Arthuringer again sat with me I couldn't see him he was sitting right beside me and prompting me all the time look up this look up that you know that sort of thing as if he was sitting beside me and I wrote the article called um, the story of Uluru and its impact crater. Now you can search that and it's on my website also. And I was quite proud of it because it's, it's sort of quite scientific. It's clues for the scientists if they don't like to look at it. To start with, there's, there were uh, dinosaur beings there before the um, Alteringa came in, before, sorry, Uluru, <laughs> Uluru asteroid came in. So if they were there and they were to kill them, they didn't want to do this, this, but they had to because they were destroying the atmosphere. And then it was filled with the bones, were, some of them are there, filled with opal. Now, how did that happen? I mean, you've got to ask yourself, how did that happen? Because glass can be made from sand, from extreme heat. So exactly the same thing has happened with opal. It's very soft, it can break, it's like glass. And it's inside the bones that must have happened after the animal died. It, it, uh, to me, that's a big clue. <laughs> anyway, and uh, so if you read the article, you haven't read it? You haven't read I, it? I haven't read that one yet, no, but I'm going to definitely read that one now, no, because it's fascinating. Because, you know, you also talk about um, when the Rexagena crashed, which was um, the, 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 you know, this space vessel. That, yeah. that, that was trying to bring in 50,000 souls, that it went, once it had broken up um, and went into the atmosphere, it became Moldavite, didn't it? Yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. And the scientists will say it's very, very old, but then it's like picking up a bit of dirt and saying how old that is. But if it's been made into a mud house, 
you can't you date the de-date the house. No, you can't. You you date the dirt. So that's what's happened. They've dated the um, material they used to create the mothership, which is mainly uh, crystal, I think, something like that. Anyway, and uh, and so there needs to be understanding more. I think there's clues out there all the time when it comes from this phenomena that they call channeling, and I'm not talking about just my work and I don't read too much at all I don't watch any of them Star Wars movies or anything because I don't want to be influenced with their their talk. and yet I know a lot of it you know you see it in shorts and I think oh I understand that I know that <laughs> that sort of stuff right <laughs> yes yeah I want, so to be, I want to be clear channel <laughs> I totally understand it's it, it's it reminds me you know like when I when I was I was I, I was in bed and they and they told me that I was from Andromeda I straight away was like, well, I, I, what is that? Is that to do with Star Wars? And I was, because I've never really been into sci-fi movies or anything like that myself, um, but it just sounded like something that would be on a movie, like a sci-fi movie or something. So it was, yeah, it was interesting how, how, you know, that information came through. And, you know, you're right, everybody has access to be able to receive this information. If they just go yes. in and yes. they go into the realm of their heart, you know, uh, there's a great book by Junvalo Malkizadek. Um, oh, yeah. about yeah. living in the heart and um, I find that is a very inspirational book because yeah. um, there's almost like another universe that exists within our yeah. heart center absolutely yes yes the microcosm is the same as the macrocosm that's what they say mm -hmm. <laughs> as above so below Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, thank you so much again for your for your time and wisdom uh, today with us, Valerie. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm so inspired by the work that you're doing on the planet, and it's great to know that there's such a wise elder from Andromeda here to support the work that I do as well. And hopefully, I'll get to see you um, in December at Cosmic Consciousness event. Oh, that would be lovely. Yes, do a talk. Who knows? <laughs> well, actually, I'm 88 because my birthday is just before that. And double A means quite a bit to me, actually. So who knows? It might be the cycle that, you know, everybody goes through. <laughs> anyway, we won't, we won't say yay or no, but we pray. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're a poet and you don't know it. <laughs> All right, Val. Well, look, thanks once again for, for coming yeah. on to... Um, wellness and cut and uh, yeah we'll look forward to catching up with you soon for everybody who you know who wants to know more from val then please jump onto our website read her books and make sure you watch those channelings on our youtube channel as well because they are fantastic thank you Helen. it's been a pleasure right. to be talking to you thanks Go again bye bye, -bye. <laughs>